Welcome back, pedestrians. Welcome back. It's episode 21. <laughs> 21. 21. That's a big number 21. for us. Yep. Because we didn't get much education and we don't. Five, four, <laughs> five episodes short of half a year. Dude, that's kind of crazy. Wow. Although it's kind of weird because episode 51 instead of 52 will be the year mark because we did a two-week break at the very beginning yeah but we might as well just celebrate it on episode 52 fair enough yeah that'll be fine uh we have a guest here today we do his name is joey h what's up he is a dope rapper i've met i've known him since 2016 yeah and I've known him since five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, there we go. See, I, I, I introduce a lot of people to this man. That's cool. Uh, before we get into things, we're going to do a ceremonial pour. Yes. Of what we finally have, the uh, key tea bottle. This, today we're doing hibiscus, pineapple, lime, hibiscus, hibiscus, Hi- hibiscus. whatever it is. I think hibiscus okay. is the proper pronunciation. <sighs> okay, whatever. But yeah, KT um, <laughs> finally hooked us up with some savory beverage i've never had any of their drinks before so this will be yeah, my first time my first time this stuff is delicious i cannot plug this enough actually like i'm not just saying this because we got the plug but like i actually oh, right next to the microphone mm. Mm. <laughs> i actually love this tea so much we just made the every audience member need to pee yeah, just a little bit. That's okay. I mean, they can take a quick break. Just be silent for like two yeah. minutes. No, no, they got to wait until we take a break. Wait. wait until the next transition, which will probably be somewhere between 10 to 15 minutes. Something like that. Something like yep. that. Let's all, all right. uh, take the ceremonial We got we to cheers. cheers. Here, right. Wait, I got you. Cheers. There we go. All right. That is some good stuff. Yeah, it's good. It, it tasted like something very different from beginning to end. Like at first... Yeah. It tasted like I got like a weird cranberry juice hint, and then like the end of it was like, okay, nope, it's tea. It, <laughs> it has hibiscus, pineapple, lime, and cane sugar. That would explain mm-hmm. the sweetness I got yeah. at the beginning. It's uh, five grams of sugar, 140 calories per bottle. Uh, vitamin C. It's got a lot of vitamin C. It's, nice. good. it's a good product. Yeah. Yes, nice. it's very good. We also have the plug today from uh, from Fringe. Got, got a little sticker today. And obviously, I'm wearing the sweatshirt. I went to German Village Makers Market today, and uh, I had a good time. They're always really nice. And finally, we have a candle burning on, on the table. Uh, that is from Wright Candle. They're also a local business, and their scents are top quality. It's really good. Reppin'. <laughs> yeah. So check all these places out. They all have websites, as far as I know. So uh, uh, go ahead and hit them up. Let's get right into things. We have a guest today. He's very influential in the Columbus hip hop community. I've been to probably like five or six of your shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I have enjoyed myself at every single show. I can say I'd yeah. give a good Yelp review. So, <laughs> um, But this guy makes dope music where you're going to hear it between every transition, between every topic that we do today. And uh, go ahead and check him out on Spotify if you end up liking that stuff. Where else should they find you? Um, JoeyH.com, um, on all the streaming platforms. And that's A-I-C-H. That's yes. not just the letter H. Don't yes. forget it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, on, like, socials, on Twitter, um, J-O-E-Y-A-I-C-H, and Instagram, Facebook, whatever you like, I'm, I'm on there. Hell yeah. Awesome. So, uh, what do you do? 
Well, how would you describe? Uh, <laughs> Who are you really? How did you get here? <laughs> Why are you in my room? I'm a I'm a I'm a hip hop artist and a professional 2K player. And that's that's about it. Really, yeah. professional 2K player. Not professional, but I play it a whole lot. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Nice. Avid 2K player. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, what kind of music do you make slash perform? What's uh, is there a specific subgenre you would put it in? Or uh, uh it's it's all hip hop. Um. As far as like subgenre, it's kind of just what whatever, whatever you put it in. It's not. I I, would, I like steer away from like conscious rap. Like okay. it's not like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's just hip hop. If I heard your music at a club, I'd be like, okay, yeah, this this fits. You know. Think I, so? Yeah, I really do because um, like some some of your more banger mm-hmm. type songs, mm-hmm. you know, like you have lyrics that don't make me go. Ugh, okay, whatever. You're just talking about the same shit all the mm-hmm. other rappers do. Like you actually talk about shit, but it's mm-hmm. it's in a way where it's not in your face like deep concepts. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, another artist I'm a big fan of, Aesop Rock. Um, but he has he's literally uh, technically the wordiest rapper ever, uh, and I'm a huge fan of his. But uh, your stuff is very easy on the ears mm-hmm. uh, in that way. I, I definitely I could hear it pretty much in any environment. And I think I think it would go well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I just know if I hear it in the cl- like if I hear myself in the club, I'm probably I'm me. It's me. Yeah. I'm probably gonna leave. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to hear Joey H rap at a club. If I heard my own music at a club, I would be confused and upset. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, just because because you feel like it wouldn't be the vibe, or because you feel like you're just like I'm hearing my own music right now. I'm trying to hear it like anything else. Like, okay. it's like, it's like I, I don't want to hear Nas at the club. Uh, I want to hear, like, Future. I want to hear... I knew you were going to say Future, and I don't know why. I want to hear, hear the Migos. Uh, I want to hear Playboy Cardi. Like, okay. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't know. <laughs> I met in, at, uh, we, we've talked about it before, 2x2 Hip Hop Fest. Yes. On this show. We're going to be at that. I'm going to be at that. I don't know if you can tag along. Uh, it's end of July. But if you come with me, that'd be awesome. Maybe. I might try to rep the podcast i might just chill i don't know we'll see but i'll be there definitely i already called off work for it but uh two by two fest back in 2016 uh the second year of it uh back when it started was at a place called uh rice paddy motorcycles yeah and that it was like a motorcycle junkyard which is like the dopest place to have anything and it was on 11th Street South, near, Grant. yeah, Grant, and, like, I remember taking 11th to get there or whatever. I don't know. But it was, uh, like, what side of town is that? I don't even remember, you know? I have no idea. It's, like, a little bit east of campus and south of campus. Yes, yeah, I think right. so. That sounds about right. Yeah. So that they had that spot, and, you know, it had that vibe of there's a lot of rust here. There's a lot of, like, open buildings. Like, there was a there's a building there that does not have a roof like yeah. it's just straight up and they use that for um for breakdance battles yeah. and that was kick ass i loved that but uh i saw this man in particular that year at that show 
uh, you were on the Yellow Brick stage, yes. if I do recall, and uh, which was just it was like crates and then wood and a mic and speakers. Like yep. it was, it was pretty raw stuff, mm-hmm. and it was it was fitting and it worked very well. And uh, you were doing songs from H Files. Yes. I think was that was that the only project you had out that at that time. Yeah, that's the only one that I had. Like that was. I had two other projects that I put out before that, but um, nah, I'm not trying to talk about those. But Fair enough. Uh, yeah, H Files was the one that I was like most proud of, and like I was promoting and stuff. So yeah, I I was bumping H Files a lot back mm-hmm. in the day, uh, especially like you. Do you like? Do you think? Did you make the song loading, um, like uh, with with the the noises at the beginning and all that? Like, is that more of a, an intro to the album, or did you intend that to be more of a popular song, or what? What was the? Uh, loading. I meant that. That was the intro. Like, yeah. Like that was everybody. H files was basically like you know, a hard drive like a. It's the files like yeah you load up your computer and boom this is it this is my story here okay and so um like i just took the old dial tone thing and i was like all right yeah i'm gonna throw this in here like this is the intro i want you to this is the first thing that you hear so yeah like it, it was cool it's cool thinking about it like in in hindsight now yeah i really like the concept of that project um what what was the who made the beat for you on that one uh i forget the guy's name but um yeah i forget his name but i found a lot of his stuff on um soundcloud and at the time that's where Mm -hmm. i was getting like a lot of the production from yeah it's gonna kill me i'm probably gonna figure it out by the end of the like while we're done i'm like yes that's the name but uh yeah like i was just finding instrumentals and i think one time i was just at home and i found three of them and i was like three of the beats on soundcloud and i was like yeah these three let me get those let me like and it was like down the rabbit hole down the rabbit hole of like soundcloud like i was on yeah. page after page after page after like songs you might like and so then i found that page and i was just rocking with it hell yeah they worked really I'm well. I'm pretty sure they're, they're from, like, Germany or something like that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Germany or somewhere. That's sick. Nice. How did you get your start in music? Like, when, like, how long ago was it that you decided that, you know, hip-hop and music is what I want to mm-hmm. really go into? Uh, Probably my freshman year of college is when I was like, I really want to do this. Um, Before, it was just like, I've always been right, like, writing music, poetry and stuff. Um, in high school and middle school, I used to like, they would say, let's do projects. Uh, you could be as creative as possible. You can like make a poster, you can make a book or anything. And I was just like, well, I'm just gonna make a rap song. So it was like rap song about science stuff. It was a rap song about, you know, anything. And like, I just enjoyed doing that. And then in high school, it just became like stress reliever. Like I just would literally sit in a room just like this. I would pull up Audacity. Um, hey, there we go. Shout out to Cassidy. <laughs> and like the I would plug. just I would just like I would just rap and make songs and then when my parents would come home or my family would come home and be like, Alright, we're done today. Like <laughs> I don't want anybody to really know and and then once I got to college, like 
I played baseball in and this is in high school and stuff. I played baseball, football. I was in choir. I was in mock trial. I was in a whole bunch of stuff. Wow. And then when I got to college, I didn't do anything. And like it was just like I don't have an identity or anything. It was just like what do you do? Like yeah. people be like, yeah. So what do you do? It's like I don't know. I go to school. Like <laughs> I go to school here. What extracurricular stuff do you do? Uh, intramural sports. That's about it. And then, um, but like I came into school and I was making music and people, I like first got to school and probably like where you guys are now, like you don't know the people yet because you haven't like had orientation and everything. But I was like sending my music to people like on the Denison class of 2016 page. Yeah. Like I was just like, yeah, uh, you guys don't know me, but I just put out a mixtape. So here, check it out. And, like, a lot of people knew me as, like, the rapper, but I, I didn't do music the way that, like, I do it now. Like, I yeah. wasn't performing. I wasn't, like, actively, like, doing a whole bunch. It was just kind of, like, a hobby. Like, a hobby hobby. Like, just as small as possible. So how close to your first show you ever did was that one in 2016, 2x2? Uh, two two? Uh, how close? Yeah. Um, like, how many shows had you done at that point? If you can remember. I'm trying to think. Because I started performing back in 2013. Okay. Summer of 2013. But at that time, I wasn't like doing a whole lot of shows. It was probably like two shows in that summer. And then I was doing stuff on campus. Like when they had like open mic stuff. Or they had uh, this thing called D-Day. Um, and it's uh, the Denison Festival, pretty much. Okay. Um, like it was in the fall and they had a bunch of student performers and then they had uh, like at the end of the day they had like two um, headliners and it was like a big festival type thing uh, but yeah other than that I didn't really do much until 20 I would say 2014 yeah 2014 that's when I started to like do a lot of shows beyond showcases up in Cleveland and even try to do some stuff out here and um yeah like I, I think two by two is like one of my first not my first but like um probably like one of my first 10 shows in yeah. columbus ducking on my chagrins ducking on my friends that's 20 missed texts i mean i'm next if you want what's best just leave a message sorry that it wasn't until like your freshman year of college that you really started getting into it did you have an idea of what you were going to do beforehand like i assume you probably you know went into college with i don't know if you had a similar idea of what you were going to do like i don't know if you're Mm -hmm. still planning on going into music at Mm -hmm. all or if you had a completely different direction in mind I had no idea. Um, I kind of just went to school because that's like the the standard. At like, it was like you grad. Where at least where I'm from, I'm from Woodmere Village, um, Cleveland, Ohio. But the area is like Orange, um, a suburb, and basically for Orange, there's like a, a system. It's almost like you go to Orange, you graduate, you go to college, preferably like Ohio State. And then, like, Ohio State, OU, or something like that. And then, mm-hmm. after that, you get a nice job in Cleveland. And then, you meet somebody, or not meet somebody, you eventually marry someone that went to Orange. <laughs> and then, after that, you guys move back to Orange, have kids. Your kids go 
to orange and then that whole Rinse cycle continues yeah um so like it was just the whole you need to go to college like and at the time i had no idea what i wanted to do i liked sports and i liked you know media so and my dad was a, a news reporter in cleveland for a long time so that was kind of like my if all else fails, it was like, oh, I'm just going to try to, you know, get into sports media or broadcasting or something like that or do something like my dad does. But I had no idea at all. Like, I couldn't even say this is what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to be a lawyer until my senior year of high school. I shadowed a lawyer and I was like, I never want to do this. Ever again. <laughs> like, ever. No. Cool. Just, just one time. <laughs> yeah. Just one time you're yeah. like, oh, God. Not your cup of tea. Yeah. Eight. No. <laughs> uh, nice. That okay. Let's let's, let's do that one. <laughs> um, so we already kind of talked about H files a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about your was it that came out last year, right? Yeah. Uh, money. If money grew on trees. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what's the story behind that? Is there a specific origin? Was it just kind of uh, telling more of your story mm-hmm. or? So I started writing If Money Grow Trees in 2016, like a little bit of it during school, but like towards the end of school. So probably around like March, April, yeah, March, April, and May, um, like I was making music around then, knowing that I was about to graduate from college and my whole thing is I'm just gonna make music like people were getting interviews uh people were like oh yeah you know I just applied to this job I got this job and blah 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 and they're like yeah what are you doing after school and I'm like I'm about to make music like I'm going back to Cleveland and I'm about to be doing shows all summer like and that's literally all I'm gonna do is just make music and make the dream work and but at the time like being in school you know, my rent, or like rent, basically living in a dorm is paid for. Um, I had a cool, the best campus job there was. Like, I worked at Intramural Sports. Uh, so I was like the head honcho my senior year. So, but like, I got to work all the hours. So, nice. I got a crap ton of money from that. But like, I didn't equate that to like real life. Like, so when I got I mean. yeah, so yeah. when I got back to Cleveland and I was like performing and stuff, it was just like, all right, so now it's time to pay for studio time, but you don't have a job to pay for studio time, like you have a car payment, like how's that getting paid, you know? So it was just a bunch of stuff that like I didn't really prepare for, and in the summer of 2016, probably like around the time. In July, I want to say, yeah, probably like a little bit after Two by Two Festival, I was just like, that's. I'm pretty sure Two by Two Festival was like the last show that I had for a while. Like it was yeah. like, like, but from June or from like May when I graduated until about June, like I had hella shows. Like I was going to Dayton with Rob. I was coming down here doing some stuff. Um, I record here, so like I was just bouncing around, like doing a bunch of stuff. I went to Michigan, um, and like I was just doing a whole bunch. And then right after that, like July hit, and it was like, all right, so what's next? Like now I don't have all the shows that are lined up back to back and stuff. So it was kind of like, 
what like what happens now um so my whole thing with if money grew on trees it was kind of just like i'm seeing all this different stuff that like i want to do like i wanted to um have like a fundraiser concert i wanted to do stuff like that i wanted to uh song fundraiser yeah like and like i wanted to do a bunch of stuff i wanted to record i wanted to make dope videos but it just didn't happen because i didn't didn't have the money and like i thankfully i would like hit my mom up like hey like uh i got this music video idea and it only costs like 300 bucks so all like if you want to help me out and just fund me 300 bucks for this music video it's gonna change my life but like i was saying that to her all the time i was just like yeah so i need this money to go to the studio but the studio's in columbus so i got the money for the studio but can you give me like some gas money and then i could get down there so um basically like it's just a bunch of stuff like that where i had to like look inside myself internally just be like you need one, you need to get a job. And then two, like, if money grow on trees, like, like all the things that you want to do are doable. And But also on, on that back end of that, like, um, there's some times where I was just thinking of all the things that I could do for money. Yeah. Like, uh, like at one point in time, um, I think I went to my friend. He was my photographer at the time. Um, I went over to his house and... Actually, man, I just incriminated him a little bit, but, <laughs> but yeah, so scratch that. It wasn't my photographer. It was somebody else. Um, I went we to, can edit it yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I went, to, I went over to one of my uh, friend's house and we were just talking and stuff and he had like a few people come over and the time that we were there and he made a lot of money while we were, I was only there for like 30, 40 minutes. And so I was just sitting there like, damn, like, like, maybe I should do this too and, and, and make some money, some quick money just so, you know, I can funnel this dream. And then I was just like, this isn't for me. And then like, there's a lot of things that I started to think about, like that I can do for money that aren't within my ethics or not within my morals to, you know, fund the dream. And that's when I kind of got like the just like the two different ideas of like if money grew on trees like what would you do yeah and then like what would you do for money and stuff like that so i had that whole concept and like money played a big factor in everything so not having money for record recording like wishing i can just do music to make money yeah and not wanting to get a job it was just a bunch of stuff like that so that uh that specific incident uh was that what uh, sanity and testimony. Yeah, right? is that mm-hmm. where that came yep. from? Okay, that's, that's that whole first half is is uh about that. So you got some singles mm-hmm. came out recently mm-hmm. called Tempo and Zoom. I yes. listened to them again today. They're uh, pretty. Pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. <laughs> Thank it's you. Good stuff. Uh, is that a signal of things to come by any chance? Mm-hmm. Are you being secretive about it? Do you, are you able to yeah. speak on anything? Um. So I am working on new music, like uh, another project. 
Um, but these aren't a part of them. They're, they're okay. Not, yeah. Zoom is like itself. So there's Zoom, Allure, and Tempo. Um, those are all by the same producer. Um, unknown phrases from back in Cleveland. And uh, he did Vacation too, right? Yes, he did I Vacation. I love that song, yeah. dude. Yeah. Actually, that one's... I'm, we're, we're working on getting that back up on uh, streaming. Like, oh, yeah. on all streaming stuff. Sweet. But um, he produced that, and he just sent me over a packet of probably like eight beats or whatever. Yeah. And I was listening to him, and I heard Zoom, and I was like, yo, I love this. Excuse me. And then he sent the, and then in the other folder there's another one i was like yo i really like this and i took those two and i was like i'm just gonna make an ep um of these songs like just me and him um like nothing just to make like a full e like a full ep or a project or anything it's just like something short and sweet um and after we got those two songs um he sent me another one and this is just offhand and like and I was listening to it playing 2K, and I was like, yo, put the controller down, and I'm like, I'm writing right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> boom. And that was tempo. Um, but, yeah, like, Zoom in itself is its own, like, identity. Um, my thing with Zoom is that it's, like, a, a feeling, an inspiration. Um, it's almost like a drug. It's like that that feeling that makes, you know, the hair stand up on your, your arm when somebody does something that you're inspired by yeah and it makes you want to it, it inspires you to go out to want to do something to inspire somebody else to eventually inspire somebody else um so that's all that zoom is and like i just really enjoy that concept and i feel like that's something in my life that um i'm beginning to be more focused on is inspiring people um like if there's one thing that I want to do with music is inspire people like making money is cool but if I can be a light to somebody else and then they go on and do something big like I feel like that gives me my purpose so um yeah zoom is is right now like one of my one of my babies oh yeah cool Nice. Trying to chase waves in the dolphins. Gotta make way through the shade to the garden. Like for me, a bunch of dope plays in exhaustion. Drink on the bottom. I want to bring up the discussion topic, but I feel like we should wait until after the break. The uh, the one that we ask everybody? No. Actually, that is a good question, though. I'll go ahead and do that one. Mm-hmm. That'll fill up the rest of the time till the break. <laughs> This is a hard question. Okay. So, uh, sorry. No, no, <laughs> it's it's hard, hard for some, not so hard for some. It's, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. a question that we ask everybody, and that's... Uh, when we put you up against any other, you know, hip-hop artist in the city or in the mm-hmm. world, what makes you stand out in particular, would you say? Mm. Yep. <laughs> it's tough. The performances... Um, I would agree. It's like, it's high energy. Uh, Like there's a lot of people, I I say this often, like there's a lot of people who, who are better rappers than me, like technique, like they can, you know, say words better than me. They have better flow, whatever, but I'm a better rapper than a lot of people when it comes to the whole field, like marketing yourself, um, being professional, performing, like the whole package, so a lot of times that's that's like my claim to fame there. Okay. <laughs> cool. 
I would get me one of those yeah. uh, headbands, but <laughs> I don't rock a headband. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's just like hard work. Like I, I work, I work my tail off, like a lot. You can curse on yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just don't me. worry. It's cool. <laughs> I work my tuckus off. But it's just, it's just like yeah, I, I work really hard, and there's like a lot of groundwork that needs like that people should want to do that a lot of people like avoid and i'm like no nah, let's let's do that yeah okay i i know what you mean because i i've uh i've had a few friends that are you know in our high school class uh i'm not going to name any specific names but some people that really do want to get out there with music and that's mm-hmm. what they want to make their livelihood and that's what they want to you know that's what I, what they want to do for the rest of their lives and I offer to take them to places where they would meet people that could really make that happen for them. Or uh, I offer to just, in general, get them connected with people, uh, possibly make beats for them, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. And uh, they just, they didn't follow through with that on, with me at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And I really felt like I could have done that for, for somebody. Um, and they didn't take advantage of it. Uh, and I think that it's an important step to take all the opportunities you can, yeah. you know. And maybe it's a reflection on on my character, but uh, nah, like, but like, it just seemed mm-hmm. the stuff I was I was I was offering was pretty pretty substantial, yeah. you know. Um, some people just happens. well, they they think it's just gonna happen. Yeah, they think it's just, oh, I don't know. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. write. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. put it on something. I'm gonna put it on SoundCloud, and instantly everybody's gonna see it, and I'm gonna make it mm-hmm. without doing any shows. Yeah. You know, and it's, that's how that's how like I got on shows and stuff is going to different events and like meeting people. Yeah, and like I tell people all the time, they're like, "Yeah, how do you get on these shows?" And I'm like, "I have a show next month. Pull up," and they're like, "All right," and then there's a few people who do and then when they come and I talk to them I'm like yeah you see that guy over there talk to him send him your music so like for example you guys had Sam Rothstein on here I would like go to Sam Rothstein's show talk to Sam ask him how you get on different shows or even just send him send him your music and if he likes it boom you have like he'll have an event and be like here pull up hop on this hop in And, and it's just stuff like that, like, like, technology has made stuff so easy to, like, get to people, but, like, it's also now, like, there's people who send me their music on Instagram, and I'm like, why was it okay for you to just, like, <laughs> send a DM, like, yo, check this out, I don't know you, like, yeah. I don't know anything about you, like, nothing, so it's it's kind of just, like, meet people make those connections like the the face-to-face in uh personal connections is just like as as advanced as technology is gonna get it, it can't beat that ever yeah. so yeah it's kind of like the digital version of just handing your mixtape to yeah. everybody that walks by <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna type in a bunch of random email addresses and see where this lands <laughs> Wonder if that would work. Let's try it with Gab Street promotion. Um, but I I've had that conversation with Sam a few times actually. Another way to get to him is have him on your podcast. Uh, but yeah. um, 
But I've walked up to him and be like, hey, this was like a few years ago when I wasn't sure if I wanted to go anywhere with my music or not. Or I was like, hey, uh, should I, like, how do I do this if I want to do it? And he was like, well, have you practiced at all? I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, don't, don't even talk to people until you've done that, really. You mm-hmm. know? I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean... A lot of times, practice doesn't happen until you just do it. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people who've never performed before, and they're like, ah, oh, man, I can't perform until I, you know. But it's like, there's open mics that you could go to. Uh, you could even just rap in front of your friends. Like, there's a party, and then you're just like, hold on, I'm just about to, you know. About to go crazy on yeah, this mic just, right now yeah. at this bachelor party. And like, and, <laughs> and even like just, you know, I, I'm blessed because like I'm a natural performer. I've been performing since I was like six and like, I like to be in front of people. So that came very easy to me, but even still like performing, like it took a lot to be like an on stage performer. Cause it's, it's a lot of things that you learn, like and it's not just you anymore. There's a DJ that, like, you guys have to be on the same page. And if you guys aren't on the same page, then it's, like, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Yeah. And, like, even if there there's people who um, they bring their flash drives to every show. And I'm, like, that's fine. That's cool. But you have to deal with everything that comes with you know that not being in your control yeah so like if the house dj's mixer just messes up it's like you gotta be able to improvise and now and now it's on you to be like all right what am i am i just gonna blame him or am i gonna blame the event am i gonna you know that's a bad idea (laughs) like but like there's it's a lot of stuff like that like and i had one instance where i performed in cleveland and i just asked him i said hey and this is like one of my first first shows. Um, I opened up for Dizzy Wright and a few other people, and like the show was so bad, like it was so bad. And I was just like, "What? Do, like, I'm new to this still. Like, what do I bring?" And they're just like, "Just bring a CD with your songs on there." And I was like, "A CD?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "All right, cool." So I bring a CD. Middle of my set skips. Oh. I'm like, "All right." Oh. And then so. I'm a natural performer, so I was like, all right, I'm just going to start rapping a cappella, yeah. like the song. And then it cuts back in, and then it cuts back out. And so then at one point, I just looked over at him, and I'm like, yo, just cut it. Like, I'm just going to do this whole, the whole rest of this a cappella. Yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> and, and, like, it was moments like that where I was kind of just like, like, now is the time to, like, you know, get with a DJ. Talk to the people who are the house DJs or whatever and figure out all that stuff. Because I feel like a lot of people have the idea. It's like, oh, well, I just give it to the DJ and they're magic because they're DJs. And, you know, they went to DJ school and they've been <laughs> doing this for 20,000 years, you know. Yeah. Um, but I can't say I have experience with that. But <laughs> I, Well, I think it says a lot about you as a person, the fact that, you know, just because you couldn't get the beat to play doesn't like you didn't just give up you actually mm. just i'll just do it acapella i'll just wrap it and mm. then just go from there um i think there's a lot of people out there that was like well if i can't have the music behind it then what's the point yeah um but i think that one of the strongest things about like hip-hop rap is that 
you don't always have to have like not having like the music behind it it just kind of almost turns it into like almost like spoken word yeah which for example sam rothstein's uh yeah the first track on his latest uh project uh lights out in the palace if you haven't listened to two episodes to go go check that out but uh first one's called sirens and it's like in the studio recording it's all acapella too mm-hmm. and he did it at the show that we went to and it was killer like you really liked it because you're a big Watsky fan well I'm a, I'm a big yeah because George Watsky I don't know if you listen to any of his work but he he's a rapper that got a start doing spoken word poetry mm-hmm. on the college circuit and then started getting into music and now he's like pretty high up there um but I'm I just his work kind of introduced me to the world of spoken word poetry, which is how I got into uh, some other spoken word poets and Hanifa Durakib, if you've ever mm-hmm. listened yeah. to any of his work. Yeah. Um, and so when I when I'm an, I was kind of skeptical when I went when I tagged along to Sam's show with Corey because I, I had never really listened to any of Sam's work before, mm-hmm. and like hip hop shows were never really my thing in the first place, but his music kind of blew me away and then when he hit everybody with sirens which mm-hmm. was like spoken word i was like i have a lot more respect for this guy mm-hmm. um just generally because i'm just a big fan of a big fan of spoken yeah. word and i think the the label of rap show gives you a lot of room to really put yourself above other people because like especially as a performer because you'll see a lot of rappers everywhere uh that don't really have the right um, like the the right, oh, what, what am I thinking of? Uh, motives behind it, where it's just for money or it's just for the party lifestyle or something mm-hmm. like that. Now, party rap, okay, like you know, it has a it has a space, yeah. it has a time. That's totally cool. But and plus, uh, that everything like began with a party. Yeah, like, the DJ it started out with a party. Like it wasn't ever intended to be like, or. I mean, I don't know what the intentions of it back then were to be, but like at the at the time, it was just like, let's just have a good time. Yeah. Like let's just have a good time. Let's have a party, and so, like that's where like it's always just gonna have a place because it's. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 At the end of the day, everything like especially when it's a function or something, it's an event. You want to dance. You want to have a good time. So, it's a party. There's a lot of emphasis on. uh on quality over quantity mm-hmm. though because you'll have like let's say it's like okay we're doing an open mic and we're gonna invite a bunch of rappers here and they're all gonna go and then uh it doesn't like if everybody else doesn't really um put it put a lot of effort into their presence on stage mm-hmm. you put a lot of effort into your presence on stage you put on a show you aren't mm-hmm. just like here's my music yeah, and I hope you like it. Like you, you are selling yourself mm-hmm. as as the product there. Everybody else, not everybody else, but a lot of other artists will be like, "Here's just my music," mm-hmm. you know. And so there are a lot of ways. I think hip hop gives you a lot of room to stand out mm-hmm. compared to maybe some other uh, musical genres. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. Yep. And after that, we'll get into our juicy discussion topic that I mentioned earlier, and it'll be a good time. 
the episode or the Gab Street podcast in general would not be without a message from our sponsor, The Green Room. If you've never heard of The Green Room, it's a shop that's going to be opening up at the end of 2019 at the latest, and will feature products from t-shirts, to tobacco products, to many more. And it's a very similar to a Spencer's or a Waterbeds and stuff if you've ever been to one of those shops. Tune in more to episodes of the Gab Street podcast if you want to hear more about The Green Room. Thank you again to The Green Room for sponsoring The Gab Street podcast. And don't forget to check out our stuff too. We do have a Redbubble store. We do have a Kofi page where you can buy us a coffee. Ha. So uh, let's go ahead and pitch in three bucks if you think we're doing an awesome job and you want to represent Columbus because we know you do. Um, you can find us everywhere on social media, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us on all streaming platforms, Spotify, YouTube, whatever you're listening on. You're already listening. Fantastic. You're doing a great job. Go ahead and find us everywhere. We also do have a Redbubble page. If you are interested in supporting the show and repping some dope-ass merch, uh, we'll probably have pictures floating around here somewhere. You have, we have t-shirts with this logo on it. We got stuff from in jokes of Corey and his terrible taste in food. Um, we got jokes from, off. The episode, <laughs> from the episode of Kenneth Jackson. If you're interested in repping some of this merch, either t-shirts, stickers, mugs, etc., check us out at redbubble.com slash people slash gab dash street. And don't forget to check out your local businesses. Key Tea is dope. I have the best tea in Columbus. Fringe brand. I'm repping the sweatshirt. We got the sticker today. They make really awesome designs. I mean, look at that space, man. That's just something cool. Um, and Right Candle makes some really dope, uh, not always like, you know how you get candles at, at Walmart and they're like super sweet all the time? We got more savory uh, aromas and stuff that actually give more of a taste to the room. So if you guys want to check those out, all three of those are at uh, German Village Makers Market every other month. So uh, if you want to go ahead and check that out, that is in German Village, as is stated in the name. And uh, they will be more than happy to talk to you about their products. Welcome back. All right. You just heard some stuff about yes. what we do. So All right. We out here. So before we get into our big discussion topic that we were going to start, I want to talk about another project that you started called Carried by Six. Yes. Um, I got a chance to listen to this a while back. Uh, but could you go ahead and explain what it is, mm -hmm. how it came about, and what's the future of it? Yeah, so um, Carry by Six is uh, our group. That's me, Trek Manifest, Dom Deshaun, Sarab, uh, Snow, and uh, Sue. Uh, Snow and Sue are producers, um, and then us four as the uh, the MCs on the on the project. And um, basically, it's just a seven project or seven song project where we kind of just all came together from our own different spaces and to collaborate and came out came out with an album. Um, but like originally, it was originally it was just supposed to be one song that we were gonna make. Um, so Called Carry by Six or no? We that? didn't even have a oh we, really like. We didn't have a name or anything until after we made the project. It's uh, kind of cool. But like, back in the fall, I want to say in the fall, probably like Novemberish, um, Soup had his project, um, stating the obvious, where he had a bunch of artists from Columbus, um, and his production and stuff, and they made a project, and so they had a listening session for it, and myself, Dom, and Sarab were there. 
and we weren't featured on the project, but um, like we were very inspired, like when we were at the listening session. So we were like, like we all need a link and just get in the studio and you know, just create. Yeah. Like just do anything. Like just play some beats. We can rap if we don't like anything. Cool, whatever. And um, Trek is like it. So it was me, Sarab, and Dom, and then Trek, um, Soup, and Snow are super tight. So then. Um, all of us decided we're gonna come together, and we made. I want to say the first song that we made is. I want to say wishes or give and go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we had we made that and um, we we're like, all right, what's next? Like throwing throwing another beat, and we were like, it's basically like rap camp, um, almost like we were just down there just writing and I know what Trek can do on the mic I know what Rob can do on the mic I know what Dom Deshaun can do on the mic so it was kind of like man I gotta step it up like (laughs) and and like that's all of our mindset that we had was just you know not necessarily like compete with each other but like it was like the best type of competition where we're like all together to make good music and just just rap rap well too um and so that was it it was it was really organic where it just was like we were all inspired and it was just like let's just keep going let's keep going and then after the first session where we made two songs we're like all right so when we coming back like what's next and and then we met like a couple days later uh and then we made two more songs and then we're like all right let's do a solo joint and then boom lessons yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I noticed on lessons because you said uh, you were all like you said uh, you know you knew what they could do on the mic. Mm-hmm. You're like I gotta step it up. Yeah. I noticed you were really pushing yourself on uh, on technicality mm-hmm. uh, and the way your flow and the way you rap. I, I thought I'm like okay, he needs to do a little more of this because mm-hmm. it, it was more interesting. It was a little more uh, a little textured, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought. I could hear that. Yeah, I could hear that effort. Yeah, definitely. Like it, like the, it was the whole like the epitome of just like uh, what is it, iron sharpens iron or something like that. Mm. It was like that whole saying. Like we were all just down there, literally not even looking at each other. Yeah. Like I was in one corner, they were in another corner. So we were just like, <laughs> right. So it was, it was real cool. To make a game show out of that, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> just, all right, send them to the rap room, and then they just. It's like really in. cool because like it wasn't any type of ego either. Like, yeah. Like. That's cool. Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of times where it's just like there's something, but it was like no, it was real cool. Um, if there's anything for the future, like, I don't, I don't think I think it was just a one time thing. Damn um, it. <laughs> just, a one, just a one-time thing. Um, I love that project, we'll, man. We'll be performing again in August, uh, August tenth. Um, but other than that, like it was just a one-time thing that we we're just doing something. I want you to at least do other collab projects, like with oh, yeah. maybe other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. But I think that uh, near when it came out. I tweeted, I was like, because to my 24 followers, like, (laughs) I was like, hey, this really represents Columbus. Like, I want to hear more out of this kind of group mindset of real Columbus artists. I Mm -hmm. feel like you guys 
really do represent the city in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trek was like, hey, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely want to hear, even from like other artists, uh, yeah. let's say Sam Ross team got together with a few people. or mm-hmm. uh, who, who would Senseless collab with? Because I, like, I feel like he should do a collab with somebody. But uh, he's done a collab with Nova mm-hmm. already. He did one with Josh Miller. Mm-hmm. I just love collab yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of collabs, especially with two people that I know very well. Mm-hmm. So I think you should uh, continue. Yeah, that. That's yeah. Super fun. I, was, I was really impressed by yeah. just like the sheer like quality of everything. Mm-hmm. And those snow and soup, right? Yeah, those guys can make a beat. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Those are awesome. Yeah. So shout out to those guys, honestly. Those, those beats were kick out. Brother, man. Yeah. Stress on my brain, stress on the side. Yeah. Tell me who you are and designer. I want to know you when the dark lights blind you. The discussion topic. Corey, you, you, was, you were the one that really wanted to focus on this one a lot. It's more something you're concerned with more than I am. I, I want to hear some opinions right. uh, just about. Promotion in general, because it's mm-hmm. a very, it can be a very fickle topic. It yeah. can be very difficult, uh, and it doesn't work the same for everybody. Uh, it can the same uh, technique of promotion can work really well for somebody doing some kind, of, like let's say a podcast, for example, and then another person does the same exact thing with a similar project. And it completely fails. It's so unpredictable, and I know there's a there's been a lot of research and work done to try and predict what can happen with certain promotional techniques and stuff. But uh, focusing on numbers mm-hmm. is kind of unless you're doing really well, then you can focus on the numbers and you're like, wow, this is great. But uh, how valuable is it when you're first starting out making stuff? Uh, is it to look at numbers? Uh, you know, is that something you really should be focusing on at the very beginning, or should you focus more on like building your own mm-hmm. portfolio first and making content that people can see first? But if nobody's going to see that content, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a vicious cycle. I just want to know what you guys thought about that. I think nothing in this world was out, is without sacrifice, and I think to achieve those high numbers, you have to make sacrifices, and a lot of times, if you're looking from a YouTube perspective, it's a lot of sacrifices in creative control hmm. and doing exactly what you want the way you want to do it, because, you know, if you want to get, like, a lot of people to watch your videos, you want a lot of people to subscribe, you're going to fall into the clickbaity culture, yep. and you're going to fall, like... A bunch of stuff like that and it's I think clickbait it's I'm not here's the thing with clickbait I'm not a hundred percent opposed to it I'm only opposed to it if it is kind of lying about the content yeah um, like if it's a direct reference to something that's actually within the content then I'm fine with it but I don't, it's it's very tricky in terms of like what can be considered like clickbait versus a clever title. I think um, that falls within what you title it and what you set the thumbnail as. Um, yeah, and that's that's how you kind of got to shoot for your high numbers. And if you want to be a like, I'm just using YouTube as an example because it's the platform I know best. Um, if you want to m- like build a big brand out of a YouTube channel. 
you have to have the best way it is to get into their partnership program but you have to do that by having high numbers yeah. they don't let you monetize unless you're up to 10,000 subscribers and i don't think they let you have an official youtube.com slash whatever link or url until you've reached somewhere i think it used to be 500 but now i think it's only 100 subscribers before you have to do that or something um so it's you know if you or if you're really trying to build that brand you kind of have to focus on numbers i myself personally do not care that much about numbers i do this show i do all my other stuff merely for the experience and because i love media production and so i have you know videos that i've worked on for days weeks months that didn't get nearly the traction that i originally thought it would yeah but i don't really and like which is semi disappointing but at the same time i don't really care that much because if you know, people want to see my ability, I can, you know, send that link out. Yeah. Um, there was a Resident Evil video, a gameplay video that I did, like, probably close to a year ago or so, and I put a lot of time and effort into editing it, and I think it's one of the best edited videos that I have out there, but it only, it has, like, maybe somewhere around 20 views um, compared to a tutorial I did on how to make your Xbox Live avatar look like the Joker, which is like three three point five k, which took me like a total of ten minutes to you know record and edit. Um, so it's all kind of just like working. If you want to get high numbers, you have to you're gonna end up focusing on a lot of you know, what you don't really want to do. It's kind of trying more to please the audience than to create content that you really like, unless you have, unless you're one of those few that are fortunate enough to have that middle ground where what you want to do and what your what your audience wants to see just happens to be the same thing, which I, I feel like is very difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but my personal opinion, you know, like I'm still going to continue doing uh vi like videos whether they're commentaries or gameplays on my own side just because I enjoy the process of doing it plus it helps me build a portfolio and I like I just put out a video like a couple days ago it's got like two views but I don't really care because I enjoyed the process of making it and I enjoyed the process of just having it it's just something that I can show my friends because I only have like 40 subscribers and like I don't uh, granted I don't push my content as much as I probably should but like I like when I put out a new video, typically I'll post it over on my Snapchat or Instagram story or Facebook or whatever. But I don't know number. It's all I kind of do it for myself more than I do it for the audience. But I think when you're when you're just starting out, I think that's okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally just make music for myself too. Yeah. That's kind of that. That's my version of that of the YouTube channel where. I put out music, like I'm planning on putting out a project later this summer, but I'm probably not going to promote it that much. It's not in my nature to do mm -hmm. that, really. The only thing I've ever promoted hard is this. Mm -hmm. um, nothing else I've really done. I don't really know why, really. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't t give you a good answer on that, but uh, I'm definitely more proud of this production than I am of anything else I've done. I think that factors into it. I'm going it. bring them young, my 16s, Jim Adi. I'm bringing freedom home, the stage looking BYU. They want to be like you until it's not safe. Blind eye, man, I see it's cool, but that won't be satisfied. I want to ask you a quick question about one of your songs, mm -hmm. uh, which I think it was added to a Spotify playlist, uh, one of the top ones, yeah. a little while back. 
<clears throat> it's called Rope Break. Yes. When that happened, and when your numbers started climbing on that song, what? How would? You, how did you feel? What were? What was your experience? Because I think it's around like a hundred thousand, yeah, hundred six thousand yeah. plays now. Yeah. Um. So at first, at first, like a lot of people think that it just like it just came out like when it started to get on the like no it was out a whole year and a half yeah. before <laughs> like the I put the song out April April of 2017 um and then it didn't start to get on the playlist on the, on the Spotify playlist until what June of 2018 yeah. after I put the uh album out and so it was kind of just like out of nowhere and so like I think one day my manager hit me and he was just like, yo, have you seen the, have you seen like the stats yet? And I was like, nah, I haven't, I haven't checked. And then I saw, I was like, oh shit, like, <laughs> like what? And then the next day it was like, boom, up again. And then. That was my reaction to it like, actually. When I that saw, playlist, I was like, oh it went God. to another playlist and then another <laughs> playlist. And then it started to get added into other people's like play, like their own personal stuff. And so like, that was really cool. Just like, just see it grow and you know get that attention um but then also like there's different things that come with the numbers that like like I think numbers are definitely effective like they you can definitely use numbers to see like analytics basically mm -hmm. it's like a analytics is important it's it's like number it, the whole numbers don't lie thing they can't lie but like for the most part if you go and do everything organically and, and straight up the numbers will tell you you know the truth and like a lot of times I use analytics and stuff for like figuring out where people are so right now if I go on there's an app uh, Spotify for artists go in there and it'll tell me like the top 10 places that people listen to me and so like if there isn't like a big spike in plays or something then this is an accurate representation of like where people are listening. Yeah. So like I'll be able to see, yeah, there's 50 people or not even 50 people, like 10 people who listen to you month after month after month after month after month in Colorado. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, okay, so like, what is it? What does that mean? You know, like it's, it's that, um, that that number there where it's like all right that's important that's cool so now if we go to cal or colorado and perform and there's 10 people there that like really want to see me it's putting a face to those people yeah and so like that's cool i feel like numbers are important that way and it's it's, it's good to see but then also it like if i went and i said Rope Break worked. Like, Rope Break worked. It, it got on the Spotify playlist. Boom. So I'm going to make another song. Every song that I make, I'm going to make them like Rope Break so then they can get numbers. And then, say you make another song that you feel like is better than Rope Break, but it's the same type of pattern, and then it, like, doesn't get on the playlist. Yeah. Then it's like, man, that failed. And it's like, yeah, because you didn't make that. You didn't make Rope Break for the numbers. Yeah. You made it from heart. So, like, you go into, it, it spirals, and, like, there's a lot of times that I have meetings with, you know, my manager and stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, like, like, we're trying to get people to, you know, hear more music, like, we're trying to get people to hear it, like, 
how do we do that? Like, how do we get on the playlist? Who do we have to reach out to and stuff like that? And like the numbers, if you if you get too caught up in into it, it's just gonna it's gonna drive you crazy. And so like, it's on one end it's important, and on the other end it's like, don't really pay attention to it that much because a lot of times it's accurate, but it the picture that it if you follow the numbers to keep it going, it's just you're doing it for the wrong reason. Like like you said, like if you do it for the numbers, it's just gonna, and then if you do it for the numbers and then it doesn't happen, you're gonna be unsatisfied yeah. every time. And then if you do it from the heart and you do it because you love it and it may not have a whole lot of views or whatever or, or numbers or whatever, you'll be like, that's fine. I could deal with that because I made that and I love it. So that, it's it, all about the intent yeah. behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Colorado thing, we now have a single listener from Chile, apparently. What does that have to do with Colorado? <laughs> well, you said, like, like oh, well, I see people yeah, from, like, oh, okay. way out here. Okay, I, I thought you were how. just relating, as you said, speaking <laughs> like, of Colorado. Like, wow, they both start with the letter C. That's crazy. <laughs> Fair enough. No, uh, on the Podbean map, yeah. it was like, you have one listener from Chile. And mm-hmm. I want to get in contact with yeah. that guy and just be like, how the hell did you find us? Yeah. Um, and that, that happened recently with, like, Italy. Really? Like... Uh, I think we posted the the Zoom video with the the lyric video, and um, somebody I guess reposted it in Italy, and so nice. well, like it was like a, probably like two weeks yeah. where I was just getting random DMs and on Instagram, and I'm like, I don't, I don't I can't like in Italian like not in Italian okay. but like they were talking to me like about hey man I saw this video this is cool and so I respond like word that's dope yeah and like thank you blah 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 and then they're like oh, i don't i don't understand and i'm like uh word that's dope means like that's cool like appreciate it and then i went to their bio and i was seeing like italian in their bio so then i was like okay i'm not talking to someone that understands me so i have to yeah. be very plain but like it, it was it, it was weird like for that to happen and then on top of that so we went to the numbers and we're like all right so where are these people like where are they listening at where are they listening on spotify soundcloud apple like where and so we like tried to look at that and now with that and something that's important with you know the numbers there like now you can see okay people are listening to me in italy so now if we want to run an ad or like an ad campaign or something like that we know there's an area there because there's real people there that yeah. like have heard of me or whatever. So it's just like using those numbers to use them for your benefit, but not necessarily like try to follow trends of it. That's cool. Yeah. Maybe we have a spot in Chile. <laughs> <laughs> I have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I've done a couple like short films and I did one a while back that was like, the like it was like a parody because the big AirPods meme was a big mm-hmm. it was like a big joke on the internet for a while. And fall out. Yeah, so I, mean, <laughs> I, I made a joke, uh, like it was called the only reason to buy AirPods, and it was like a whole bit about how like this guy and his roommate is like always blasting music, so he gets mm-hmm. some AirPods, and he's like, but the guy refuses, so he's like shaking them to use them. Um, I thought because of, like the meme was so big at the time that that video would kind of take off a little bit, like not go like at least get maybe like a couple hundred. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe like uh, like just under a hundred, um, 
but it wasn't it didn't do as well as i thought it would which you know in the end it was like okay whatever i still enjoyed the process but um, i was kind of surprised that my short film color correction which is kind of like something that i invested a lot of time and effort into and was more of a passion project um than it was you know I mean, none of my projects are really kind of like, oh, I'm doing this to get views. They're all passion projects, but mm-hmm. yeah. it, it, in, in the end, it did it a lot better than any of the videos that I've put out in the past. Um, it got in, like, it got 200 views in just a couple days, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was amazing because it took me, it was a live action cross animation that took me about four months to make. Mm-hmm. And so it's... But at the same, like, it's it's so hit or miss, and it's all about, when it comes to YouTube, their algorithm is really weird about, like, mm-hmm. what video is going to end up in someone else's, like, recommended, yeah. and what's going to show up on their front page and everything, and, but it's, yeah, it's, it's so, it's, it can be very spotty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, like, trying to do it to, like, trying to do it to, like, follow that, like, algorithm, like, I make jokes with people, and, like, Someone's like, hey, man, listen to this song or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, throw on some Joey H after. Fuck up the algorithms. Like, <laughs> just do stuff like that. All, I, I do that all the time. Like, uh, we will, like, make playlists and stuff. And I just just for shits and giggle, I'll just throw one of my songs in there. And it'll have no, like, absolutely no type of, like, go. I'll throw Zoom in in an R&B playlist. <laughs> just so they'll listen to, like, it. And, and they'll be like, all right, cool, skip. Like, let's go. <laughs> but it, it's just, like, I always make, like, little jokes, like, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to fuck up the algorithms a little bit. <laughs> and, and just stuff like that. But it's, it's very, like, and, and with numbers and, like, going viral and stuff like that, like, a lot of people do things, and they're like, I just want to go viral, like, really bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that you will do anything, like, anything to to go viral so the harder you try to go viral the less viral you yeah. will become it seems like unless you like know exactly how the algorithm works yeah. and you know exactly what kind of content to put out there yeah or even just like i'm gonna make a fool of myself mm-hmm. to go viral just yeah. so like people can see me and like that right there i feel like is one of the most unfortunate things that has to that has come with social media is that it gives people a platform and like I'm gonna do anything to get famous mm-hmm. even if it is the worst thing ever yeah and like uh yeah it's it just it shouldn't be that She's way like, wear salmon shorts and sperries like white guys my fro stay picked out with pink on the fragrance they won't copy my answers but they copy my cadence uh love open your eyes this is God Ridgeway, also known as like McJuggernuggets on YouTube he was the guy that kind of like he did a lot of uh, like oh my dad smashed my Xbox kind of thing so like back in like 2012 is when he started doing this uh, like big rage reaction videos of like oh, parents yeah. smashing kids toys was like starting to blow up for some reason yeah so he caught on to that and he made a fake video of his dad like unplugging and like throwing his Xbox into the street and that like video blew up and he was like okay i can make something out of this so he created this whole storyline of his dad who was like just kind of like a shit parent and would and like never quite understood that his son was trying to like make it in the youtube space mm-hmm. and so he made the, what he called the psycho series because each like 
big destruction video was called Psycho Dad Destroys Blank or Psycho Dad mm-hmm. Does Blank. Um, and he created like this really in-depth story behind it of like this kid who's trying to make it big on YouTube and his dad who is like just kind of like, I don't understand. Get a, You need to go yeah. get a real job kind of thing. And it worked really well. It tricked like a lot of people into thinking that this whole thing was real yeah. but no it was it was completely fake it wasn't until like near the end that people started to figure out it was like okay there's some weird like continuity things that yeah. aren't quite making sense you're like people are breaking down the videos like frame by frame and noticing is like oh when he kicks the door out you can clearly tell that the pin was never there yeah. in the door in the first place and uh well like in the last one is like is called the last second to last video in like the series that he creates is psycho kid kill psycho dad or something mm-hmm. like that it's like okay no one's gonna do that and then yeah. post it online and leave, not any well, sane person and, and <laughs> like there are people who like go and do stuff like like and it's unfortunate like the whole the whole psycho kid goes and kills psycho dad well yeah. it, it doesn't have to be that extreme but it's like Psycho dude goes into Walmart and, you know, yells, I have a gun. And then a whole bunch of people freak out. And then yeah. people, someone films it. And then they put it on the internet. And it's like, that is just, like, tasteless. Like, yeah. what, what do you gain from that other than just seeing pure numbers? Nothing. You know? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. And that's the thing. That There's no that other point pe- to it. That you know? and people recognizing who you are and yeah. calling you an asshole exactly. a times yeah. a day. Yeah. And then, it's you know, insane. if you make it, like, and and there's, a, like, a lot of people who do it, and then they, you know, oh, man, so-and-so is so funny, so-and-so is so funny, and then, you know, it turns into, like, oh, we we, we need to get so-and-so to do this, or, or, and they get a platform, and, like, that's something that I just, like, I'm starting to really, like, something that Corey taught me when I was, what, 21? Yeah. Like, like real, like, is that I have a platform as an artist, as a rapper, I have a platform as a public figure, I have a platform and I can either use that platform for good or I can use it for bad. So what, when I met you or what? I was 14 or 15, 15? something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, at that time, I'm like, wow, like he looks up to me as an artist and follows me on Instagram. So like, if I'm on my Instagram doing like you know dumb stuff or whatever and he's seeing that and he's like well this is cool and I'm 14 I'm impressionable I like you know like mm-hmm. I could steer that and so I, that was something that I always learned I was like wow like I can make an impact on people and then it started to go even further like down where it's like there's 7 year olds who listen to me or or 10 year olds that listen to me and I'm like I can change people's, you know, perception for either positive or negative. Every way I wake up, I can give you a positive or negative impression. So, like, that was something that I learned. And there's a lot of people who use their platforms for bad or to do it for, like, fame for doing dumb stuff. And it just doesn't, it, to me, it just doesn't make sense. got a stat for it. Why these little ones asking what they taste like and face the fact that my voice hold merit, my voice hold tears. This for Corey and Columbus. Dirty at the Grog, still believe Thank we know what Shout out, yeah. Yeah. song, by the way. What, yeah. was it? what was it called again? We we didn't budget. We didn't budget? Yeah. Dude, yeah, I've shown that to a few people just to flex a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I, I showed you. Yeah. 
And I was like, wait, hold Korean on, listen. <laughs> this is Macquarie and Columbus. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, and uh, what, something you said to me uh, probably about a year ago. He was like, hey, you you taught me that somebody could love my music. Mm-hmm. you know, And that's something I have valued so much every single day that... Mm-hmm giving that that appreciation being outward with that appreciation about somebody what somebody does is so important mm-hmm. you know if you like something and you don't tell that person that you like it but you want more of that stuff chances are other people also are not telling them that because mm-hmm. they feel like well they probably don't want to they, they, they'll probably be annoyed if i engage them in any way uh, which i hope is not an impression i give off to anybody <laughs> but I try to make a point to be like, hey, you're from my city, you make music that I really like, I'm going to tell you that so that you keep making music, because mm-hmm. I want you to keep making music, you know, and it's very important anywhere yeah. to do that, even if they're from Italy, for mm-hmm. example, yeah. you know, you just got to, you got to pass along that, that uh, assurance that they're actually doing, doing good work, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of people don't feel like they need to do that. And yeah. I, it's much more important than people will put it out there to be. I agree. So, yeah. So, Joey, yes. what, what's next for you? What are your next steps other than the album? Or mm-hmm. maybe describe the album a little bit. Or... Uh, the album, like a lot of my music is just based off my life. Yeah. So it's basically Joseph Hobart. That's my real name in rap form. Um, like... Is that your final form? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's just like everything that I write music about goes on in real life. And currently right now, something that I've been struggling with slash um dealing with is um like chasing something. So it could be anything. It's like success, it's money or you know, if you look at the like my thing is that if you look at the horizon and you know try to chase the horizon you're never going to be full because you're never going to reach it ever like if you and it deals with me being like a perfectionist and and stuff like that but um well that's unless you're a flat earther then you can reach the edge <laughs> right <laughs> but it, but it's like it's in, in that sense it's just i've been dealing with a lot and it's just internal music that i've been um, dealing with for the past year and a half almost uh yeah about a year and a half I've been writing some of the songs and stuff and um next month I'm going on a tour for the first time oh yeah uh, like nice. first tour where I'm going different places so I'm starting in New York um I'll nice. be here and ending it off in LA um and just going to a few different places and figuring it out uh my whole thing this year is I'm going to be a doer. Uh, I'm trying, not trying, I'm hoping to get trying out of my vocabulary. So okay. that way I do more. Yeah. I wake up every morning and I say I'm going to do something. If I do it and it wasn't, if it was a failure, that's fine. Do it again, learn, and just do it again. Just do more shit yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. So... <laughs> Like, that's just been my, my whole plan is just do everything that I can. I don't, I'm 25 now. I don't want to be 27, 28 looking back and saying like, damn, I really should have done that when I had the opportunity. And one of the things was tour. And I told my manager, I said, I'm going on tour this year. 
He's like, all right, so what do we need to do? We need to hit up all these different venues. We need to hit up these people and figure it out. And like a lot of what I'm doing now is just, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. We're going to figure it out and we're just going to make it happen. That's the way you do it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine. Imagine if we did a live show. And we, like we toured around the country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe like one person each. Actually, I did put a poll on the Instagram story. I said, uh, would you come see us speak publicly? And like 20 or so people voted yes. So that's something see? to... Uh, yeah. <laughs> All that needs to be is like a classroom. Yeah, like, I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, like, you came in and boom. spoke at my hip-hop yeah. club. Yeah. That, was, that inspired a lot of people. I want you to know that. Because I... Uh, like soon after and a little while after I would I would be talking to people that were at that club meeting. Uh, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I used to run a hip-hop club in my high school. Probably, uh, if I haven't described it already, I'll describe it in another episode. But uh, this man right here came in and spoke for it, and I had several people uh, talk to him and I afterward and just be like, yo, you're bringing people like, people like him need to come to places like this more often, you know, where it's like our school isn't super open to other ideas, mm -hmm. for instance. And I think it was important for some people to hear what you had to say. And uh, I think it really made an imp impact on them. Yeah. They told me that it did. So, See, right there like that, that means so much to me. Like you had no idea. Like that, that's why I get up to make music and get on stage and stuff like that is to inspire people oh yeah and so mission accomplished so that was that's that's good let these dudes just know i'm legit i mean i open for ash i need more on my plate maybe i should act sell clothes to trap but pussy money weed ain't it more to rap got three more questions for mm -hmm. you it'll be real quick uh what are your favorite venues to perform at in columbus uh, I really like Ace of Cups. Yeah. Ace of Cups is one of my favorite. Um, shout out to Park Street Saloon um, when it was still here. It's gone now. Uh, but that was one of my favorites. Uh, and hmm, I see. Probably my other one will be Scully's. Yeah, yeah. I really like the Scully stage. Um, but yeah, those those are probably my like top three favorites right now. Sweet, okay. Well, R.I.P. to Park Street Saloon, but yeah, yeah, and so, to Double Happiness. Too. Yeah, and Double Happiness. I saw you there oh, once. Man. That was a fun show. Yeah, yeah. Double Happiness, man. <sighs> Some memories. <laughs> yeah, it's a good spot. And uh, actually, that's kind of a long question. Um, if you if you want to answer this, mm -hmm. uh, what are some of your best moments in music? You think? Um, best moments in music? Oh, going to you know talk at the hip hop hip hop class, um, or hip hop club was one of them. Um, Sweet. That uh, the Woodmere Village Festival back at home. My dad's the mayor now, and they put nice. on. A festival and so I literally performed right down the street from where I grew up that's cool um, yeah so that was like super sweet breakaway music festival was pretty sweet yeah and um, another one is the tempo music video that I worked on uh, a few weeks ago like 
that is probably top three of the best things I've ever done in my entire life. So I'm very excited for that and can't wait to get it to more people um, once it's finished and everything. But like I've had a lot of proud moments, but a lot of them are just inspiring people and just being able to use my voice to inspire people. So that's like the best overall thing. Sweet. I'm glad I asked that question. That was a good answer. Cool. Do you have any shout outs you'd like to make? Uh, shout out to my mom and dad. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, my brothers, my family. Uh, shout out to my friends for, you know, holding me down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, um, family and friends are super important. Um, like when you have like a really good foundation, it's, it's incredible. And like I look around and I see a lot of people who don't have the foundation that I have. And like I feel like that is something that is super special for me. Like being in a group of friends where, you know, someone else is doing something positive, someone else is doing something positive. And like it's just a group chat of like five, six people. But like that group chat, you see nothing but. You know, I mean, you see failure and stuff like that, but you see success for the most part. And it's like, wow, I want to do better. Yeah. So just, you know, inspiring each other to do better every day. Inspiring my family to do better while they inspire me. You know, it's it's just a lot of stuff like that. Like, I'm very, very appreciative of just having a good foundation. Um, shout out to the Doobie. Um, that is the radio station at Denison. Um, and yeah. Shout out to people. <laughs> nice. Shout out to you guys for having me on too. Yeah, Thank of course. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. Do you want to give? Uh, you want to plug your things real quick? Or? Yeah. Where can yeah. people find yeah. you? They can find me at uh, Harrison's um, on Kenny, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm there a lot. Um, Razweet. Here's. <laughs> Oh man, I keep forgetting you guys aren't even, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, we, uh, we can't go there. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you can find me on joeyh.com. Uh, that's J O E Y A I C H.com. Um, my DMs on Instagram and Twitter are open. Uh, I just try to chill, have a good time. And yeah, music's on all streaming platforms. Check out everything there. New music video coming soon. Nice. And uh, next month, July 17th, I have my headline show at Ace of Cups. Tickets are available. And, yeah, hope to see some smiling faces. Hell yeah. Thanks. All right, thank you very much, Joey, for coming on the show. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on iTunes. I know they have subscribe functions, so uh, go ahead and check that out. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. On Twitter, even though we don't do much there. We just announce episodes. Um, And anything else, if you search Gab Street Podcast on Google, something will come up. So uh, just uh, go ahead and pop that in your URL bar. But thank you for listening this week. Next week, we'll have another episode with just Gage and I. Maybe potentially one other person. We'll see. And uh, we'll catch you on another Wednesday. Do you have any last-second comments you want to make? Come up with one. Yeah, I gotta come up. I'm gonna press it. I gotta come, don't touch it. I'm gonna press it. I'm gonna come up with a quick. Uh...